thank you all for coming tonight. It's been a while since uh, the last tropical study, but uh, we're back and uh, we are continuing. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be the start of evangelism. I'm not sure how long of a series on evangelism you're planning on going through, Josh, but uh, tonight's uh, the first night of it. Um, yeah, so Josh is going to pray for us. And he's going to get into the meat and potatoes of everything, so just take it away whenever you're ready, Josh. Thank you, and welcome back. All right, let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would bless our time in your word and teach us to proclaim the good news that you've given to the entire world, the entire cosmos, unashamedly, clearly, and to first believe it ourselves. For we know that if we do not have the root of it in us, then we cannot present it properly to others. So may we ourselves believe the gospel such that we can then proclaim that gospel to others. Help me tonight to teach your truth. Amen. All right. Well, Welcome back to Topical Study. Uh, my voice is a little bit hoarse, so I'm probably, if, if it's your first time, I don't normally sound quite as scratchy as this, uh, but that, it is what it is. Had a very long conversation yesterday, and then a little bit of, of, of yelling as my wife and I were playing a competitive uh, PvP game together. And uh, things we, we we were winning, and and after losing repeatedly the day before, so there was a bit of excitement in our household, uh, very good kind. But as a result, I've been trying to restore my voice all day. It was much worse this morning, so hopefully, it's not too bad for everybody. All right. Well, initially. Or rather, the last time that we had a topical study, I had promised a systematic theology course coming soon to a topical study near you and realized that I had a lot more learning to do, a lot more reading to do before I attempted this. So I wanted to shift gears and I saw a bit of a need uh, floating around the server for some further instruction on evangelism. Now, if you were here for the first half of the year, we covered apologetics, and our apologetics coverage really is one side of the two-sided coin of evangelism. There is the positive declaration of Christian truth and the negation of unbelieving thought. We covered in great detail the negation of unbelieving thought. So the next thing to cover really, and, and I should have done these in reverse order to be honest, I should have started with systematic theology and then covered evangelism and then covered apologetics, but we're going the other direction because that's just how things kind of happened. But uh, so we're going to do, uh, Justin doesn't know how many parts there will be, and I don't either. And I'll explain why in a moment. But we're going to be doing evangelism for the, net, for the foreseeable future. Uh, 
for the next couple weeks at least. So the way that these are going to work though, are a little bit different than in the past. What we're going to do is I'm going to teach for a shorter amount of time. I'm going to try to keep it in 15-20 minute range. And instead of fielding questions immediately, what we're going to do is shift into a, a, a time. We did this in apologetics one night, maybe two, I think. But I want the focus to be taking all of the tools and using them together, both of apologetics and evangelism. And what we're going to do is I will uh, play the fool, pretend to be some kind of unconverted person. And one of you, uh, courageous volunteers, will step forth and we will have a conversation. The reason for this is manyfold, but one reason is that I think it will it helps to listen to these kinds of things. I know you all are interested in listening because whenever I actually do that with a unbelieving person who stumbles to his Discord server, we have more people show up to and those are usually done at random on the fly at random times. We have more people come in there to listen than uh than show up to Bible study. <laughs> but which is fine, but it's just indicative that that people are interested in that kind of thing. But my goal is to equip you to be able to do it on your own. That uh, not just, especially not just in a Discord server, but wherever life finds you and whoever you come across in your life who does not believe in Christ, who is not a Christian, who is not converted, who is not uh, a new creation in him, that you would be equipped insofar as I'm able to equip you, what meager tools I have in my tool belt to give you, to be able to speak the truth and love to them. That is the goal. So there will be some instruction because I, I do need to teach you some things, I think. And then from there, we will let folks come forth. If you don't want it to be, I'll say this now, uh, if you don't want it to be, I'll say it again at the end. If you don't want it to be on the recording, we'll do some time whatever time we have left of our normal hour, we will record that. So if you don't mind it being recorded, uh, then you can hop in at that point. If you do, don't want your voice and the interaction to be on the podcast, then we'll, I'll signal verbally when the recording has ceased and then give some extra time for other folks who want to, to, to give things a go. So that's going to be the basic layout for the next few weeks as we cover the subject. I think a lot of people, uh, for, for a lot of Christians, they might be hesitant to even tr attempt to engage in evangelism because they've never done it. But then they'll never do it at all. It, 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 a vicious cycle of, of thought process may envelop or you tried it once got burned bad conversation said something you didn't want to say or they got mad at you or whatever it is and then so you just don't do it anymore but the reality is that we are commanded to proclaim the gospel 
And so in obedience to the Lord Jesus, and, and what we'll, we'll see is that it isn't just to unbelievers, that that's the proper, proper uh, audience for evangelism as we tend to understand it now, but the proclamation of the gospel is to go out always and to everyone that we happen to come across. So with all of that covered, let's get into it. So tonight, I just want to attempt to explain what evangelism is. Now, I am going to skip over some things for the sake of time, or rather not to skip over them for now. I will cover things in more detail, uh, different components, different parts of my definition over the course of the next few weeks. Part of the reason for that is in the initial uh, throwing you guys to the lion, so to speak, that we'll do at the end. I've, I just want to see where people are at and get a feel for, for which directions I might need to go, which is part of why I don't know how many parts this will have. Because uh, I, I, I want to tailor this to the people who are going to show up and be here consistently and listen such that they can actually learn and improve and, and feel confident in going out and proclaiming the gospel to people. So with that said, what is evangelism? My brief definition here is evangelism is a proclamation of the gospel to unconverted sinners. So like I said earlier, uh, the gospel is to, be, is to be proclaimed to everyone, whether they are Christian or not. As we will see, the gospel has many uses for the Christian. You don't, you don't stop needing to hear the gospel after you become a Christian. But specifically, what we understand today as, as we tend to call evangelism is the proclamation of the gospel to unconverted sinners. And then what we might call discipleship is, could be defined in brief as the proclamation of the gospel to converted sinners, as we all are in the last category there. So that's my definition of evangelism, and in breaking that down, we need to talk about what is the evangel. What, what, what is that part of it? What is the gospel? Or even what is a gospel? Well, um, it's good news. The euangelion is how you kind of say it fancy. Uh, it's the gospel. It's the good news. But it's the gospel of God. Now that gives us a more specific definition. But let's look at some of the features of this gospel before we attempt to give a more concrete definition. In fact, you're going to have to wait till next week for a real concrete definition. Let's look at Romans 1.16. It's a famous text. If you uh, grew up around my time period or a little uh, even if you were a little bit younger, you might be familiar with, you know, 116 Christian hip-hop groups and such. Um, it's referencing this verse. Romans 116, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, that means then, and we'll look at another text that supports this, 
That means then that the gospel is God's power for salvation, that apart from words, apart from a message of good news, unconverted sinners are not saved. Apart from the gospel, men and women rebel in rebellion against God cannot and are not saved from the wrath of God. Now we'll explain why that is in the future, but that is very significant. Now, we'll look at another text here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And starting in verse 17, I'm just going to read a, a big chunk of it here because it's going to help us break down a lot of this uh, definition. Starting in verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Now, it doesn't mean that baptism is not an important thing. There's context for that, but I'm skipping over the context for the sake of time. So if you have questions about that, I can explain later, but. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Now, I just said earlier that the gospel requires words. And he says here that he's preaching it. So it's not that he's saying words are not necessary, but rather he's saying that it's not sophistry. It's not eloquent necessarily the way that the Greeks of his time would consider eloquence. Verse 18, for the word of the cross, that's a synonym for the gospel, is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So very similar to Romans 1.16. For it is written, Old Testament quote, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of, this, of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider, consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written that the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And there's a lot there, and we'll revisit it as the weeks go. But some things I want you to notice in this text, verse 18, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So it is not that it is folly, but rather those who are perishing consider it folly, that they are the ones who are the fools. 
has God has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And so it is actually wisdom that the gospel consists of, as he pointed out later. Uh, it is Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. So the gospel message is considered folly, considered foolish. The wise, the scribe, the debater of the age, the Jews look for signs, the Greeks look for wisdom, but Christ is the power of God, the sign, and the wisdom of God, the wisdom. So if they want signs and wisdom, they must go to Christ. He, as we pointed out in the apologetics series, he is the foundation of these things. He is the standard of these things. You cannot have uh, power in the world, wisdom in the world, apart from Christ. What I mean by power there is simply that uh, Christ is the foundation of all worldly, all, all the powers of the world, nature, things of that, things of that nature. That's confusing. Um, but uh, any sign that the Jew might be seeking there, signs of, of power, miracles, or even just the natural world looking to it, um, you must come to Christ to understand those things and to understand wisdom. You must come to Christ. So let's, for a moment, depart from our text here. I just I wanted to point some of those things out to you before we began. This gospel is folly to the world, wisdom for the Christian, and is the source of true wisdom, and that it is the message of the cross. So Christ, his life and his death, his resurrection. And it is Christ himself is the point of the message. If you are preaching the gospel and not preaching Christ and him crucified, you are not preaching the gospel. That will eventually lead us to our definition, but that will be next week. So what is evangelism not? And there are many ideas about, oh, I, I've been doing evangelism. But based upon what we've even seen so far, that the gospel, the euangelion, the subject matter of evangelism has to consist in proclamation that Paul says he preached this message. So there's a proclamation of it. There are words involved. You cannot communicate the gospel through, for example, just friendship. Being nice to someone is not the same as sharing the gospel with them. It is not excluded. In fact, the nicest thing you can do for someone is share the gospel with them. However, if you do not speak the message of the cross, if you do not say the words that the gospel consists of, then you have not evangelized. Friendship evangelism of that sort doesn't save anyone because there's no gospel there. And if you are intending to just 
be nice and be friends with someone. Just try to earn some social capital with them that you can then spend and then later, maybe years down the road, finally uh, putting your Christian cards on the table and sharing the gospel. Uh, you will soon encounter the very reaction that Paul describes, 1 Corinthians 8, uh, chapter 1, that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Now, let me clarify very clearly. Do not get me wrong. Do not confuse what I am saying. So let me say it again, again, again. What I'm not saying is that you cannot, through friendship with unbelievers, unconverted sinners, attempt to then bring the gospel into that friendship. In fact, that is a perfectly fine thing to do. But if there are two different ways to go about it badly, one is to never share it. Two is to intend to share it only when you think that you've been friendly enough. Uh, don't put your Christianity in a corner. In fact, if you're friends with someone long enough and they haven't heard the gospel from you, uh, then that's exactly what you've done. And you're not acting in a Christian fashion just in your friendships at that point. Because the gospel should be a subject matter discussed between you and your friends, whether they be Christian or not. This is the center point of your entire life if you're a Christian. This is the power and wisdom of God. This is your righteousness, sanctification, and redemption because in the gospel is Christ Jesus. He is the center point. He is the, he is the gospel. He is the good news that God has given. And so if you're not speaking of Christ, who is this good news, his person, his work, uh, then you are doing all of your friends a disservice, and particularly your unconverted ones. What else is it not? Well, sharing your testimony. Again, some qualifications are in order, but let me just be very clear that um, sharing your testimony with someone is not the same as calling them to repent and believe in Christ. It's not the same thing. It's not even the same thing as sharing the gospel. Because the gospel happened long before any of you and myself were born. The gospel didn't begin when you became a Christian. And you are not relevant to whether the gospel is powerful or not, whether the gospel saves or not, whether the gospel is true or not. Praise God that we are not central to that fact. Now, can you share your story in such a way that you present the gospel? Yes, you can. There's a way to do that. However, I have seen it taught, instructed many, many times, many different churches. Oh, well, evangelism is easy. Just share your testimony. No, <laughs> that's not it. There's a point where the, the, the person may go something along the lines of, well, that's a nice story. Let me tell you mine. And then they share whatever God they are currently worshiping, how they believe it has helped them. And now you just have competing stories, competing experiences. So it is not sufficient to simply share your story. You need to share 
God's story, Christ and him crucified. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration, as some have put it in summarizing the gospel. So sharing your testimony, not necessarily the same thing as evangelism. Friendship, not necessarily the same thing as evangelism. Street screeching. What I mean by that? Well, maybe you've encountered them before. Maybe you've seen them, the street screechers. Um, these are folks who, uh, you know, get, grab a megaphone, go to any football game, baseball game, and shout at people. Now, qualifications are always in order here. There are street preachers. These men are fine. They're preaching the gospel, calling men and women to repent and uh, whatever you, else you may think of that kind of method of evangelism. We are not pragmatists about our methods. They must be biblical, and street preaching is very biblical. <laughs> the apostles did that. Um, and so they, their methods are not uh, sinful there. But it's their message that has to be right. They're street screechers who simply preach a, a message of hell and damnation and do not give good news on the back of it. They do not give good news on the back of it. That is essential to it being gospel. It must be good news. Now, for good news to be good, there must be bad news as well. We'll get into that next week. But if you leave people with bad news and no gospel, then you leave them in despair. Finally, uh, evangelism is not just one conversation in, in uh, wherein you just, oh, well, did my thing. I, I, I gave my prepackaged gospel message to them. I've got my, my little acronym or my little bracelet or my little whatever thing. And, and I and I had one conversation with the person, and uh, there we go. I did it. Successfully evangelized. Um, if it if you can have more than one conversation, you should. And, and but my emphasis there is not necessarily that you cannot evangelize in one conversation, but rather uh, if you are carrying around a pre-canned gospel, a, a, a little acronym or a little thing. A, a little sing-song type of script that you run through with people and you don't attempt to make proper use of the gospel and use it as the, the wrecking ball that it is to drive a gaping hole through their unbelieving heart such that by God's grace it might be made new, uh, then you have not evangelized. Uh, when I, in my definition, the proclamation of the gospel to unconverted sinners, there is a subject that is receiving the gospel, and the way you proclaim it to that subject doesn't change the message you're proclaiming, but you must make use of it properly to that particular person. Someone who is in, as we'll see later, someone who is in despair is different than someone who is openly hostile to God. Someone who believes in God but is anxious about their sin and doesn't understand the grace of God in Christ is different than the person who thinks there is no God. 
The emphasis you put on the different syllables of the gospel will differ from person to person. While the message is the same, the truth is the same. The gospel message has not changed, and, and you must proclaim all of it. The emphasis you put on different parts and the way you connect it to the person will be different. And so a pre-canned single conversation or a push for an immediate response, and then, oh, well, they didn't give it. I guess I'll never talk to them about it again. Um, couldn't get them to say a sinner's prayer. Darn, guess we're done. Don't do that. It's not evangelism. It's not. So there's some things that it's not. And, and maybe you've seen those things. Maybe you've done those things. Each of these I kind of pulled from different parts of my own life, whether I had done them myself or thought I had done evangelism or whether someone had done it to me. Um, speaking of, you know, video games, for example, there was a, a fellow I ran into in an MMO a few weeks ago that tried to share the gospel with me, but his way to do it was a pre-canned, pre-packaged uh, script that he tried to walk me through. And I just said, hey, brother, I, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do at some level. I mean, I, I do. Um, but, but that ain't it. <laughs> um, and I'm a Christian. So, you know, as soon as I told him I was a Christian, guess what he did? He, he just <laughs> stopped talking to me. You, know, you would think finding a fellow Christian in, in a, in a game might be a blessing, but, um, you know, there it is. Uh, but yeah, so, so there's, there's plenty of people out there who, who do use those kinds of methods. And God, let me be very clear, can use not just crooked sticks to draw straight lines, but smooth sticks, no sticks. He can draw straight lines uh, with, with, with paper and pen and ink. Um, as I was saved, not from someone else sharing the gospel with me, but from reading the Bible, just alone in my room. I heard the gospel from Paul in Romans. Um, so let us not, in attempting to say what it's not, I do not want to bar God from utilizing some of these things. However, we need to be consistent with what the Bible says about this kind of stuff. And that's what we're going to try to do. So, what, if that's not what it is, what is successful evangelism? Well, we saw in 1 Corinthians 20 to 30, it is Christ and him crucified, preached, and foolishness and sign-seeking destroyed. Notice, Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, verse 22, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, and that's where I pointed to the parallel there in the last phrase to the first phrase. That this, the signs the Jews were demanding and the wisdom the Greeks were seeking, they were looking for it in the wrong places. And so what Paul had to do was to deconstruct and dismantle uh, their gods, their seekings for God, the way in which they were trying to get to God, their gospels of signs and wisdom were torn down 
and then Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God, lifted up as the truth. So the tearing down part, we again went over in the apologetics series over the first half of this year. And so this is the Christ preached part. This is, you know, you don't leave, anyone can tear down someone else's inconsistent worldview. Only a Christian can provide a sufficient substitute for their dead and broken idols, the true and living God. So with that, more on the gospel next week, definition, explanation. But for now, I want to see where everybody's at. So, well, maybe we won't have time to get to everyone, but let's take the next 20 minutes of the recorded time. And uh, the way we'll do this is you can request to speak and then we'll pull you in. And it can be awkward getting it started because it's not a natural beginning of a conversation. So I'll introduce myself to help you get going. But here's a bit of a trick to it. I'm not going to tell you what I believe before we go. <laughs> You're going to have to figure it out. Um, but the goal is evangelism in both sides of its coin. So taking the apologetic side and the, evangel and the evangelism side, really, they're the same thing. Two sides of the same coin. Um, like I said, there's the deconstruction of the false God and the lifting up of the true. So, uh, this part will be recorded. If you don't want to be recorded, don't volunteer for this portion. Um, we will, I will continue some after the next 20 minutes and do some off the podcast. Uh, I will try to give some feedback now, um, after, and, and for the sake of time and letting multiple people go, um, we will try to keep it to five to 10 minutes of conversing. Um, and I will not go easy on you. The idea is. Yeah, if you ask me what I believe, that's fine. I say you, you, you have to do whatever you need to to find out. But I'm not going to just say, uh, hey, here's, my, here's everything I believe. Now, go get me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, let's do it. Cademan wants to go. All right. I think I can do this. Did that work? It did. Yes, it did work. Hello, brother. Greetings. Hello. Greetings. Uh, I apologize in advance if you hear dog barks in the background. No, get off of my desk. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So are you? I, I like. Are you just gonna start talking, or how? How am I? Am I like supposed to introduce myself? And like, this is like what role play? Sort of. I mean, it, there's going to be some unnaturalness to it. The yeah. the point of this is hopefully to to, to get people uh, give them practice thinking on the fly in a conversation, um, and responding to things. Keep like there, there's a lot of tactical stuff we're going to go over after we get through the substance of the gospel and things like that. 
just in terms of engaging with someone who's disagreeing with you, whether Christian or not, there's very helpful things you can do to try to one, keep the peace in the conversation, things like we'll go over some of that stuff in the future, but, um, but yeah, so, so for now I'll introduce myself at a very minimal level and then you just take it away. However you might approach, let's say, you know, you, you, you met me in a coffee shop, you met me on the street, you, you, you got a, college you know maybe you met me in the library um and 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 we'll just pick it up from there so okay. all right hello cademan i am or rather let's see i've got a couple of different ones here i'm trying to choose here in a second All right. My name is Billy. B-I-L-L-Y, for those concerned. This might be the other Billy. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Doing all right. I, um... I notice you're 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 wearing that very large obnoxious cross necklace. What what's what's that about? Well, Billy, um I don't know about what you believe, but I'm a Christian and um so the cross is a symbol for my faith and it represents how um a man named Jesus, or, or rather um a man who uh is the son of God, uh, came to earth and um you know, there's a lot of messed up stuff in the world, and he came essentially to fix that by offering a path of freedom to people um, and eternal life. And that's and he died on the cross um, for the purpose of bringing us uh, that freedom. And that's a path of freedom. Yeah. So uh, why didn't he? Why 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 didn't the, the the Christians free all the slaves in the 1800s in in America? Well, you know, it wasn't across the board, and a lot of uh, true Christians who believed in this freedom opposed that. Um, and, you know, I can't speak for the convictions and the internal reasonings of people who lived 200 years ago, but I do know that there were a lot of very strong, prominent Christians who uh, definitely fought to bring, uh, you know, freedom to slaves uh, back then. And I would say that those people were the real Christians uh, during those times. So there were hardly any real Christians during that time? Well, you know, it's there. there's also, you have to take into account, there's the cultural context of uh, slavery was just okay. But I thought you just said that Christianity is a pathway to freedom. So why, why weren't they free? Well, I mean, they are, so the slaves, you know, slavery is not justified, uh, you know, in the sense that people are not supposed to be treated like property because we're all made in the image of God, and that's what the Bible clearly teaches. So to treat somebody— What, what, like, what does that mean, remain in the image of God? Well, think about this. We're having this conversation, and you have um, this ability to talk to me. And clearly, if you're bringing up this concern about slavery, you have a sense of right and wrong. Um, and I think we would both agree that slavery is wrong. And this idea of the image of God basically is that— your uh, moral capacity and your internal sense of 
hey, this thing's right instead of some animal sort of, oh, I'll take what I want because I'm, you know, big caveman. <laughs> that that comes from God. Um, we were made well, no, to that, like God. That's exactly what we do, though. We only do what's in our own best interest and what benefits us, which is exactly why people had slaves. Well, is that true? Do you see people? I can tell you of people who I know that have definitely given up and done things that were not in their best interest. People who sold everything they had and gave it away. I know people who um, who have been sick and hurting. And well, that's just the evolutionary process weeding out weak people. True, but those weak people. Oh, it's true. Sometimes end up being the strong people. Uh, sometimes people who are humble are exalted in places of authority. Sometimes. So you're a Christian and you believe that the evolutionary process weeds out weak people by making them Christians? No, that's not what I said at all. In you, fact. You, you agreed with me. You said true. No, no, no. Uh, sorry. I meant um, true in the sense. Wait, shoot. I lost track of what you were saying. I probably just threw that in there as like a, that's a thing I do, like a little verbal tick. I just say, yes, yes, true. Uh, that's a very I, dangerous verbal <laughs> tick. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I, I, I didn't actually, I didn't actually mean to say true. <laughs> I probably should get a hold of that, but um, no, I, no, people, uh, are not, uh, subject to that. And I, I'm what I'm essentially trying to tell you is that there are people who don't do the thing that lifts them above the other person. There are people who don't use evolutionary process to better themselves there are people who give up there are people who sacrifice and they sacrifice without getting anything in return um you know and those people but don't they get something in return still but they don't get something here on earth that's for sure well they they think that they are getting something in return though so it's not really a sacrifice or selfless is it well then why would they be so convinced well i i I don't know It, it seems completely irrational to to, to me but but you said that they they do it so that they don't get something in return but then you also said they will get something in return later so why do they do it do they do it because they won't get something in return or do they do it because they will get something in return just not now um, I think that I think that um it's a very interesting question, and uh, essentially, what what is the evolutionary process, and what does it in fact give people in return? Since we're we're using that term so much, like, what do we what do you mean by get something in return? If we're talking about evolution, we're talking about animals. What are the things that animals want? Animals want food. Animals want um, you know, they want to procreate. Animals yeah. want to have shelter. And, the propagation of the species. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what what happens when the thing that the person wants in the future is not one of those things mandated by the evolutionary process? What if what they want is something that does not get them food or does not get them propagation? If we're talking about this process and how it's like intrinsic to our nature, why would well, somebody want something that would deny them food or would they turn down the chance? These are these are weak people. These are damaged people. They will never yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to get weeded out by the, by the process. How come they haven't been weeded out, though? How come 2,000 years have passed? It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a long process. It took billions of years to even get us to, to the walking on two, two legs and out, out of the you know, fish pond. 
So, you know, 2,000 years is nothing. Well, would we have at least seen the beginnings of it in 2,000 years? What I'm trying to Probably say... Probably not. Well, actually, we have. Look, atheism is on the rise. Is it, though? Have oh, you ever seen to Iran? Or have you seen the underground churches in China? Have you seen the... Have you seen those things? Do yes. You, are you sure I they exist? Uh, within Christianity, we have these things called denominations. They're like little subgroups. But um, my denomination specifically has uh, worked with these churches, and we... We help like grow these places and we help them fight against the people who try to, you know, as you would put it, you know, oh, yeah, it seems like it's very much on the rise when they're the minority in their country and most of the country is an atheistic communist dictatorship. Well, here's the thing. They're the ones on the rise. They're the ones who are growing fast. They're the ones who are going to eventually take over. And that's oh, based on that. Wow. You know, that data, there's Onward. data like. Uh, I don't have it on me at the time, at the moment, since we're just, you know, meeting randomly in a public library. But if you'd like to, I can show you statistics of the growth of my faith and nations that are hostile towards it. But it, I do want to pose one question to you. Do you want to live into, in a world where people just take what they want, live a meaningless life and die alone? I don't want to, but that's, that's the world we live in and any wishful thinking won't change that. What if I could demonstrate to you that that's not just wishful thinking? What then? Well, you, you have a hard time doing that, but you could give it a shot. Okay. Well, then let's look at your worldview. Um, look at mine. You're you're trying to demonstrate yours is true. Yeah, and and I and I'll and I'll get there. Um, I guess what I mean is really let's look at worldviews in general. What do worldviews need to do? Uh, worldview should give you a comprehensive understanding of. Um, how we got here um who we are and uh you know it should give us an idea of how we should live day to day um and and you do have a worldview you have a worldview that says well we got here by random processes and natural laws uh, we got here um we came there's no god that you know that that's what your worldview says so you, you have a worldview right um where we run into the issue is that your worldview can't be lived out and practiced uh, when taken to its logical conclusion if you do believe that we came from nothing and that. And so I'm going to work, work through this, this, this uh, reasoning. Um, and essentially, what you believe is that we came from nothing and that our lives ultimately have no meaning. Um, and so that's great and all, but can a man live like his life has no meaning? We can't, no. and that's why we create our own. Well, you know, I don't think we create it. And it's, remember, your worldview has to account for why these things happen. And it has to have a, like a, a cue and a clue. Uh, sorry, I have somebody in, in real life behind me, <laughs> distracting me. Uh, so mad. Uh, uh, sorry, hang on a second. Okay, um, where was I? Real quick, Josh, just give me a placeholder because she's got a huge distraction. Uh, we can create our own meaning. That's what I said. Okay, you said we can create our own meaning. Yep. Um, well, why would we want to create our own meaning? Because there isn't one otherwise. Okay. Well, how does creating our own meaning further the evolutionary process and ensure our survival? Well, it uh, it clearly has has done some good because that's what people did 
that's why Christianity even exists. People are trying to create their own meaning, and it's done some good. I won't deny that. But if we're going back to the evolutionary process and why this is, you know, what what the evolutionary process is giving us, does Christianity give people more food? Does it give them more procreation? Yeah, it it seems to have done so pretty clearly, actually. Yeah, backtrack through through history. Yeah, does it do that in? say china where it's illegal and people have to meet underground does it do that in monasteries where people forsake the um the ability to have well you were just saying that they're going to end the communist regime in china so yeah seems like it will eventually they can't see that now um there's it's i i'm saying i'm making a statement that you know it's on the rise and Again, this data is it's not conclusive, but they they don't know in the end in immediate. I'm talking about in an immediate sense. They might think that later down the line what they believe will win out. But in the moment, which is what matters. Oh yeah. Here here's the thing. I'm not saying that uh atheism is 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 a good idea. I'm just saying it's true. But you, we shouldn't believe it. How is it true? And and what is truth for that matter? If there is, you know, if we are the product of random change and and our bodies are chemical processes, and that includes our minds, and how could we ever come up with? You know what? You know what? All right, I'm I'm stumped. I'm stumped. I'm not even getting to the gospel. It's okay. Part. I'm in it's a, okay. I'm, yeah. Hey. Mode. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was about to end you here real quick, um, just to give some other people some chance, uh, a chance before eight o'clock hits. But hey, uh, good job, everybody. Give, give Cademan a, a little emoji-oriented round of applause in chat. Um, let me give you a bit of feedback real quick uh, before I, I. There's other things I could say here, but just the biggest one is. Um, You let me control a conversation from the get-go, from the gate, when I just I just hit you with the slavery thing, and you took the bait. Yeah, hook, line, and sinkered on it. Hmm. Um, that kind of thing. It, it's just bait. It's just it's. I I at this point, it, it's not even worth um okay. trying to like go in on it. Because what ends up happening is, if I wanted to, I, I could have, I could have kept pressing you on every little thing that you said and kept us there the whole time, and you never get anywhere. Um, so that would be the biggest thing um, in terms of, of of critical feedback. Um, it's it's called red herrings. Yeah, logic. And I I just I was throwing out I threw out a couple. Um, you you were starting to recognize them as the conversation went on. And you, you didn't take a few of them, which was good. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and good on you being ready to back up the, 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 the China comment, by the way. It was <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, don't, don't say stuff you can't back up. I was like, yeah, no. oh, I'm going to get them. I actually got to meet with like the head dude of a nomination. He actually oh, awesome. gave me a bunch of graphs and stuff. Uh, but like with the slavery thing, if this is like my last question, uh, if you were to get that, how would you ignore it? Like, because it seems because it's a red herring, it's meant to distract and it like is put out there really quickly. 
Mm-hmm. How would you, how, like verbally, how would you bypass that? And sure. How you keep on subject. Yeah. So, I mean, you were explaining. So, w- what I did to you there was you were explaining to me the meaning of, of your little cross necklace that I don't think you actually wear. Um, the picture I had painted in my head was of a very, very like large, obnoxious golden cross. Anyway, um, and you were explaining the meaning of it to me. And then what I did was I, I latched onto a phrase you said that, Chris, that, that Christ gave a path to freedom. And I was like, well, there's a bunch of Christians who enslave people, so that doesn't seem right. And, and I just, I, I attacked that. But you, where you could have gone there was to say, um, it's not about temporal freedom. You actually had an opportunity. I gave you an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah, I, I probably should have clarified that. I, I kind of see yeah. that now. Yeah, so what I was trying, I was trying to, I, I gave you a big opening to just immediately transition into, well, it, it's, it's freedom from enslavement to our sin. Here's what sin is. And it, maybe I would have cut you off the different question during some of that explanation. But what that was is, is part, of, part of the way that these exchanges can often go is taking because the gospel applies to every area of life because that's true because Christ uh, is king over all of his creation. Anything that someone's talking about, you can in a non-forced, non-weird, non-bait-and-switch way actually bring Christ into it. You can. And it's, you know, learning and and seeing some of that. And I've been learning a lot about that in the last year or so, just seeing how that, you know, just works and makes sense. So, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's how I would have responded if I had been given that bit of bait. Would say, well, yeah. Um, we're actually uh, <laughs> there are no free men. We're all slaves to something. Um, and we're either a slave to Christ or we're a slave to our sin and to our own self-made gods. And you are a slave to your own, yeah. you know, thinking and worldview. And, and you bow to your the idols of your heart. Um, and only freedom is found in Christianity in a subversive way through a, a new kind of enslavement to a new master. Um, and then he goes, slavery to me is freedom. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So we are I, free men enslaved to Christ. And it's not, it's just different senses of the word. But yeah. Yeah. So I, what I've learned today is to, to press the subject and stay on task instead of taking, because I think I might have fallen for this in a recent uh, attempted evangelism where somebody mm. was like, they were trying to press issues like that. Like they were bringing up like, well, how come the Christians did this in the past? And I, 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 I got caught in the trap of trying to justify like mm-hmm. history instead of being like, well, that's, we're not concerned about that. We're concerned about this. So thank uh, it, you for pointing it, that out. <laughs> yeah. It gives you a good opportunity to, re- to, to remind them that uh, sinful men are sinful and need Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the testimony of history demonstrates over and over again the truth of total depravity. And there you go. You just, right. 
Well, you yeah. probably should move on to the next person because you've <laughs> wasted. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't. No time has been wasted. Uh, thank you again for for being the first volunteer of of hopefully many, and we will get someone else in here. Um, yes, there is no way we can do this in five ten minutes. I just I, I want a goal, man. I just I had to have a goal. Um, I had to have a goal. Oh, hello. It's it's graceful fire. Howdy. So, uh, do you know uh, what um, fictional character you're going to be playing today? Which one will I do with you? Let's see. Um, yeah, there we go. I'll give you a uh, a bit of a curveball. Oh, okay. So. Hello, uh, my name is Bobby. Um, just out of curiosity, how do you spell that? It's standard spelling. All right, cool. Hey, Bobby, I'm a I'm a graceful. I um, I'm a Christian. Uh, how are you oh, today? You're you're a Christian. I'm a Christian too. Oh no. Uh, hi. <laughs> Hey, so uh, so what do you what do you you say you're a Christian? Um, I do have a tendency to uh, um, be a bit skeptical, and I don't mean to try and shake your faith at all when I say that when someone says they're a Christian. Um, but but what about what about Christ? Do you believe? Well, I you know Jesus is my savior. I. Yeah. I I, I believe in him and and he saved me for my he forget he's forgiven me for my sins mm. yeah. and uh how how did he do that by dying on a cross yeah wonderful all right i think yeah. our talk's done <laughs> um, <laughs> so um uh what do you think about uh the bible oh, it's the bible's it's good book it's the word of god yeah it, would you say it's uh, the final authority in all matters? Oh, oh, oh what, do, what do you mean by that? Oh, I mean, sorry, big words don't know um, how, uh, how much you may know. Uh, don't mean it's not ignorant there. But like, um, is, it, uh, is it when I say it's the final authority, is it what rules over, don't mean like authoritarian big meanie, but like, is it what rules over top of uh, everything in your life? Is it what dictates what you believe and is all true? Uh, it is all true. Like it's, it's the word of God and I believe it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't read as much of it as I'd like, but I mean, surely we, you know, we all struggle with that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, I try and I think God knows I try, but you know, I, I'm not perfect and you know, no one is, but Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. um, and i yeah but yeah I, i'd say so yeah i i like so, say please so you, you sorry to interrupt you uh but you said you, you kind of like uh freaked out a little bit when i said final what did you think i meant when i I, said just, I just didn't understand what you what you meant that's mm -hmm. all but but what did so you didn't know what I meant, or did you have a? Yeah, I, I just I didn't understand. You you just threw around this phrase, and I was like, "What the heck's going on?" I don't I don't know what you're saying. Okay. Um. 
what what do you think okay just this is a really random question but what what do you think about uh abortion because uh, i heard like texas like outlawed it uh today or a couple of days ago or something like that oh i i, I think abortion's wrong yeah i mean in certain cases it, I, I i think that you know um if if someone has you know horribly has has been raped or if if there's a yeah i mean i'd say that situation or even worse if it was an incestuous rape i I think that i think i think it might be okay there um as long as it's early enough but yeah i no um yeah but generally yeah i I don't think abortion is good no i don't mean to be yeah generally it's bad Uh, and i think you have the same exact position as my mother (laughs) um um and and I don't want to make this a whole sideline topic, uh, but when you say generally, um, what's your view of a, a baby in the fetus? Do you think it's a it's a human being, like like uh, made in the image of God? God designed him, knows all things about him, has a plan for him. What do you think about that? Uh I mean, yeah, and, and that's where I, I you know, I, I, I don't think it's good still. I, I just, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, just like I haven't, I haven't read a lot of the Bible. I don't know a lot about, about even the, the, the Bible text you just referenced. I haven't heard those before, and I don't really know a lot about, about abortion or, or conception or baby forming or any of that so i i just it just see it just seems like it would it would be okay in those situations that because of how how awful they are you know um yeah but i i don't know so i don't want to i don't want to take the bait um so i'm i'm just gonna i don't want to get sidelined by a a topic that can go down a, a bit of a hole so i'll say uh or i won't say but so like what do you what do you think about say muslims or hindus or even uh mormons what do you think about their eternal security in christ or if they even have one I, well, oh no i mean like we have to believe in jesus to have our sins forgiven okay yeah uh, what do you think about a Christian that maybe? Um, uh, what do you think about maybe a Christian that maybe uh, has confessed Christ as Savior but doesn't really live like it? Like lives, um, maybe goes to parties, has uh, relations with the opposite gender, outside of marriage or something like that. Do you think that's wrong, uh, or do you think they're just like you know well, party? I, I I don't think it's right, but I I will admit to you that I I do currently live with my girlfriend. Um, but you know Jesus has forgiven me of all my sins, so you know, okay. yeah, it's like right. Well, Paul does tell us. Um, that we uh even though we are forgiven in christ uh, we are to live like christ right um like we're able to uh we can be forgiven if we're truly repentant but if we keep doing what we're doing are we 
are we really forgiven if we're not turning away from our sin and accepting it right like it's not a happy-go-lucky love it's i mean don't don't you sin yeah i sin but here's the difference you're saying i don't mean that in a degrading way but you are factually saying um that christ has forgiven you for your sin so it's okay to keep doing what you're doing and like having sex outside of marriage well, I, I i don't think it's okay and, and we try not to we we do i i mean we we, we sleep in different rooms in in the apartment like we're we're trying not to uh you know but look it happens and i feel bad i do and isn't that like enough isn't that what you're talking about as long as i feel bad like yeah and it's good that you have conviction of your sin and it's good that you guys are trying to um turn away from like you recognize it's sin and you're trying to turn away from it and that is good um but feeling bad for it isn't what saves you you said it earlier even it's it's believing and trusting in christ is what saves you but having your eyes uh set towards sin and still putting yourself in a situation where you're able to sin uh, should be avoided at all costs right um I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we're we're trying, you know. I, I I've been going to church. I've been trying to read my Bible. We pray together, you know. Um. When when we sin, we 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 we, we stop. We 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 try to pray together, and and we try to we go and we talk to our pastor, and uh, you know, it's yeah. I know this is, uh, I know it's, sorry, breaking the fourth wall here. I know this is role play. Um, so I, I just feel, I, um, I, I would ask in this situation what your pastor told you to do. I don't know if you have that. Ask whatever you would like. Okay. I will give you an answer. Okay. So I'm so, also a dungeon master on the side. I can, I, I can come up. Oh, are you? That. Yeah. Just, 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 just hit me. Just hit, just hit me with a question. Okay. Um, all right. Back into room fake world uh but yet applicable to the real world um so what uh so what did your uh pastor tell you to do well you know it helps to pray about it um you know we we gotta i mean he told us to stop but uh you know he he told us you know hey but jesus has you you've believed and you know he baptizes um, I mean, he baptized, he baptized me when I was a kid and, um, you know, I, I, I did the accept, believe, confess thing. And, and then they, they baptized me and Jesus has forgiven me of my sin. So he's like, Hey, look, you know, just keep trying. So would you say it's your personal relationship with Christ, which, uh, saves you, or is it, um, the fact that you've been baptized and you're a confessing Christian, because there, there's a there's a bit of a distinction. There. Oh no, I mean, I, they look. I I grew up grew up Southern Southern Baptist. Like they they're pretty clear. I have to have a relationship with Jesus, and and I like I said, I I try I try to pray and I try to read, and but I 
you know, it's, I still sin and um, Jesus has forgiven me and I just have to, you know, live with that, I guess, you know? How do you know he's forgiven you? Well, if I, what's, what's the, what's the Bible verse? It's something like if I uh, believe with my mouth and accept with my heart that God raised him from the dead, then my sins are forgiven, something like that. But what signs of um, believing in your heart? What? What are the signs of believing in your heart? There must be some external evidence, shouldn't there be? I mean, I, I, I like I said, I, I try. We, we, we try not to sin. I go to church every week. I even go to, I even go Wednesday night, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, what, what else am I supposed to do? Um, it's not a matter of whether you go to church, nor is it how much you sin. Although that is a, a condition that can uh, try, uh, that can, um, sorry, I'm being distracted by the chat. Uh, just close the, chat while we're talking. Yeah. They're, um, trying to, they're trying to give you help. Just ignore it. I, I want to hear you, not not them. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, so, do you know what a cultural Christianity is? Have you heard of that term before? I have not heard of that term before. So a cultural Christianity is the idea that um, someone can call themselves Christian, grow up in a Christian home, go to church every Sunday, uh, but yet not know Christ, but yet know the right words to say. Um, and unfortunately for your case, it sounds like this is where you are and i don't mean to be offensive to you and i say this but it doesn't seem like you are regenerate if you were to seek christ truly and to turn whoa, away whoa. That doesn't seem like i'm what pardon it doesn't seem like i'm i'm a what now what would you say <laughs> i don't mean to be offensive when i say this but when you are living with your girlfriend no, you, you use some word like re what hmm I'm not you, sure. What you, I you were the word. You said it doesn't seem like I'm re oh, regenerated. Oh, uh, what? A regenerate heart is a turning away from your old self. So, Luke, I'm not a heavy. Sorry, my brother. Um, sorry, my brother's talking to me. Um, the uh, a regenerate heart is um a turning away from your old self, like a rebirth in christ right you you must have surely heard of this concept you grew up in a oh yeah well yeah they they told me i have to be born again and that's what i did when i when i did the abc thing and yeah abc oh you mean like except believe confess except that jesus is 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 my savior believe that god raised him from the dead except that uh he's forgiven my sins something like that you may accept it but do you um do you actively live it out as Christ? I, I I try to. I mean, do you? I try to too, and I do. All right. So, what's the difference between us? The difference is, it seems like you are still opening up possibilities for you to sin. I don't think don't you. Don't you do the same thing? I tr yes, but as soon as I okay. So, what's the difference between us? The difference is that I once I recognize there's a possibility for sin, I cut it off because I don't want to offend God. Christ said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Obviously, we all fall. We're part of a fallen nature. But um, 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's okay. Hey, I'll we gotta wrap you up here as okay. well. But hey, um, yeah, another uh, another round of of clippity clappities uh, for graceful. Thank you for volunteering. Uh, let me give you a bit of well, one big claps for figuring out what he was. <laughs> Um, it was a bit personal. Good <laughs> sniffing that out uh, in terms of the, like, he, he, so for those who don't know, he's a carnal Christian. Uh, this Bobby, anyway. There's multiple Billies and Bobbies, by the way. So just, I did that so that you couldn't know what you were talking to just by the name. So, yeah. Anyway, um, there are going to be more of them. But uh, this Bobby was a carnal Christian. He is one who... Uh, well, he, he, he actually was me. I, I never lived with a girlfriend, but um, in terms of a lot of that stuff was literally just what I did as a kid. Punched my ABC thing at BBS, got baptized at six in Southern Baptist Church, told I was forgiven my sins, but nobody ever, ever shared the gospel with me. And that's where one place that you could have gone um, – was asking me just to define the gospel, just straight up. I try to do that by saying, what does Christ, I guess that's kind of an indirect way of saying yeah. it. Just, just like, what do you think the gospel is? Um, there are actually some folks, oh man, they came to my school when I was in college and they passed out these little things. It was like this big, like traveling college evangelism thing, like troop of, of, students who <laughs> yeah but they were actually really solid and i actually got to talk with them a, a bit and they're they really cool guys but they um not like a troop like, like a performers but like they were a bunch of college students who had like a week off at their school like a christian school where all the other schools had just come back from like spring break or something so they would travel to a bunch of different schools and like do evangelism on the campus and they had they, they would ask like these, they had these little like brochure things. They would hand them out along with some like books and stuff and like have us fill them out and then read them and like then follow up. And they came back to me when I handed mine in because they had asked a bunch of really good questions to force me to define the gospel because they recognized in the area of the world where I was at that there were a lot of carnal Christians. There were a lot of Christians who, in name only, who were just living, um, completely not concerned with their sin at the level that they ought to be. Um, and, that, and these are tricky situations because the person may be a really immature Christian or they might be unconverted. And you, and you don't know that because you can't see their heart. I should have asked you how long you've been. But yeah. I, I, I kind of told you I was like when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, but hey, you did a really good job sniffing it out. Um, for, and, and a good... I know I kind of helped you. The abortion thing at the beginning—that was a. I did recognize it. I know you. I know you were trying to figure out if I was a liberal Christian, which is on my list. Um, but yeah, uh, I know that's what you were trying to figure out with the question, with some of the questions you were asking. Um, but yeah, don't. Yeah, if 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 somebody says something like that, and 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 you're, you you've clearly sussed out. So to speak, I, I hate that I just use that phrase. Um, yeah, uh, you, you've kind of figured out like, oh, hey, 
this person might not be a Christian. Like I, 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 when I'm in that situation, I'm just like, what's the gospel? Just tell me, what is it? And then I'll be like, and who is God? Or just like really, really one-on-one basic stuff and wherever they land or one of the things that, you know, I, I completely butchered the passage. I was trying to let you know that I actually had no Bible knowledge. Like the, the confess with, I, I switched the words around. I said, confess with your heart and believe with your mouth. <laughs> oh, I didn't even pick up. on. That. Yeah. I was, I was trying to, and I like mishmashed a couple of verses together to like, and I was like, I think that's what it says. So one thing is like, you say you try to read the Bible, but like how much of it have you really read? And you know, you started to pick up on some of that stuff, but good job. Um, and how, I'm sure we'll have you back on. But how do uh, I get to the point in that situation? Because I was, I kind of said it a couple of times, but it didn't really seem to have an effect. So I think I was missing something. Well, one of the things I was trying to clue you in on is that you can't just throw out theological jargon because I don't know what any of it means. Oh, okay. Like you were heading there and you said regenerate. And uh, is that, you're like, I don't think you're regenerate. And I'm like, I'm a re- re- regenerate what? Yeah. But like, that's <laughs> um, and, and so that's where being able to adapt to the situation and not again there part of the the issue is that a script yeah you don't want to follow a script um and adapting to the situation such that if you have to define the terms you do like those words are good and they're specific and they're in our theological language for a reason um but sometimes if you pick up on like, they're not going to know what I mean if I use this word. So I need to define it as I use it. Um, Cause like, even when you said born again or, you know, I, I was like, Oh, I know that word. Cause where I grew up, but I don't know what it means. Cause they use it wrong. <laughs> so now, so now I'm even more confused because you said, Oh, it's like being born again. And I'm like, yeah, it is like being born again, but now we're, we're speaking two different <laughs> I think something way different about what it means to be born again than what you what you're trying to say. So, um, sorry. Do you think it means crawling back? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Um, it it was it's it's sort of a Nicodemus esque situation. Yeah, um, it it really is. There's a what must I do to be saved? Because there's you know this guy probably is going to come to that point, and you're like, okay. What must okay. I do? But yeah. Um, Defining and, terms. And one of the really dangerous things about dealing with carnal Christians is that you don't want to turn them the other direct, com- the complete opposite end. Yeah. I was afraid I was going to do that when I said, I don't think you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not, not turn them away from Christianity, but I mean like, like turn them into a, uh, a, true legal, a true legalist. We throw that word around a lot. So let me define True legalism is believing that you are made right with God based upon your works. And so you have to be abundantly clear within that's not the case, but also abundantly clear that I don't think that you've actually put your faith in Christ. As mm-hmm. like you put your faith in some kind of prayer you said when you were a kid, or like you think that that made you right with God. You actually are a legalist already. The carnal Christian, this is one of the interesting things about antinomianism, anti-lawism, the, 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 the carnal Christianity, the I, I can I don't need to pay attention to the Bible or or God's word. I don't need to try to obey God because He's forgiven me. Um, both ends are antinomian. 
the legalist is antinomian because he is trusting in uh, in 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 a law that is not God's law. He is added to God's law because God's law nowhere ever at all says that his law can save you. So he's actually a different kind of antinomian. He's still anti-God's law. <laughs> um, he's just anti-law in a different way as the true antinomian who's just like, get rid of all the rules. Um, and I'm anti-God's law completely. And he's like, I'm anti-God's law as well. They're both, and they're both legalists as well and in a different sense because the antinomian is going to have a set of rules that aren't God's law. Okay. So it's it's interesting how those things play out. And so you have to be careful that you don't just transform the way that they're expressing their legalism slash antinomianism. Um, but that was a very tricky one. You did great to even pin down. I, I, I wasn't even expecting, not that, not that I think lowly of you, but I, I wasn't expecting you because it was a very tricky one in the time we had to actually figure out what was going on with the guy. But you did really good with that. because it's, so, it's my mom, but... It's a little bit different than a liberal Christian, but I also it, like to watch a lot of Paul Washer. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so why I, so I, I thought this one would be good for you as well because of that. But yeah. Anyway, um, we went way over time, but I wanted to get another person. So it looks like we need to give fifteen to twenty minutes per conversation to actually make it meaningful, which is what I expected. But um, just so Justin, if he needs to, if he needs to piece out, we can give him that. Um, we'll cut the recording off here. So let me. Uh, pray and then if anybody wants to keep going I got a little bit more time um, I could probably do one or two more um, of these if anyone's interested but let me pray for y'all and uh, you'll be will be officially unhostages you did probably on a podcast level anyway Father, thank you for the truth of your word that is steadfast and abiding and the giving of your son by which we might be saved, that believing in the gospel, in this message of salvation, in the person of salvation, that this is your gospel, your good news, that Father, Son, and Spirit have worked in time, space, and history to save sinful men and women, to bring them new hearts, regeneration, such that they might believe, trust, repent, and in so doing, have peace with you, know you, and ultimately uh, know you forever. We're thankful for your grace by which not only you save us, but also teach us and reveal to us your truth. May you continue to do so. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, the recording is going to go ahead and stop now.